12 open for business. Oh yeah, baby. Thanks, Kalani. They love their cougars. Mitch Harper. Welcome on in Cougar Tracks Podcast. Hope all of you are having a fantastic week thus far. I'm your BYU insider, Mitch Harper, here on the pod once again. So much to unpack in the world of BYU sports, so we got to get to it right now. You can follow me on X, Instagram as well, at Mitch underscore Harper. Follow KSL Sports on all the socials too. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and download the KSL Sports app. So we'll unpack today the BYU running back situation, the reported news of TJ Woods being the new offensive line coach for BYU, and a whole lot more. So we'll start things off at running back. Aiden Robbins, he is declared for the NFL draft. Quote, over the past few weeks in my quiet time, I have been contemplating my future and what I would like it to look like. While I have only been a part of this amazing program and family for a year, I can wholeheartedly say that it has been life-changing. For as far back as I can remember, my dream has been to be a professional football player. BYU has helped me move one step closer to realizing that dream, and I now believe it is within reach. For that reason, I would like to announce that I am foregoing my remaining college eligibility and declaring for the 2024 NFL Draft. That was Aiden Robbins, former BYU running back who spent one year with the Cougars. I don't blame him leaving now to, to pursue the NFL. I think, honestly, at first it kind of felt a little bit surprising because I thought how strong he played against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. It was reason to come back, but on the flip side, you go, that's film against two top 25 teams that you can show scouts where you were fully healthy. And there was not many times in 2023 where Aiden Robbins was fully healthy. So in some ways, the NFL, it's this unique juggling balance where you think to yourself, okay, this might not be the best time to go, but at the same time, like, what does another year do for me at BYU does it elevate my draft stock? The running back position's been devalued completely in the draft. Completely. So even if he goes undrafted free agent, kind of like Chris Brooks, kind of like Tyson Williams, he can still make money, more money than probably what he can make in NIL at BYU, and carve out a nice living in the NFL. It makes sense, honestly, for Aiden Robbins, and he waited it out to kind of figure out what would be maybe some of the coaching hires, things like that. He took his time. It's a shame, though, that Aiden Robbins was just never fully healthy for an entire year. You think back to even in spring, he was dealing with a wrist injury. He was limited in spring football. Then he suffered the rib injury in fall camp, and it was just so strange after fall camp. Through two weeks, it was feeling like, what's the deal with Aiden Robbins? No one around the program was talking about Robbins in the injury light. Even heading into week three, Aaron Roderick said starter's going to be L.J. Martin at, at Arkansas because he's breaking tackles. There's no conversation about Aiden Robbins being banged up. I don't even think Aiden Robbins fully realized until you know that week the severity of what he was dealing with. And it was a rib injury, and it sidelined him, and 
and he was pretty much out until that Texas Tech game. And that's when you started to see the signs of how good of a player Aiden Robbins can be. I, I love his size, 6'3", 240 pounds. He's kind of an old-school running back. You know, those big backs in the day, like an Earl Campbell. That That's Aiden Robbins. And I think he's someone that physically, he's he's got a presence. And that's half the battle. I know it's crazy. And I think that when you hear that, you go, what does that have to do with anything? But Robbins looks the part. And he walks into a a pro day, and you're going to go, who's that guy? I need to see more of him. I'm fascinated, though, to see what happens at Big 12 Pro Day. That's kind of one of the underrated things here for guys like Aiden Robbins, who probably late-day prospects, undrafted free agent guys. What happens at Big 12 Pro Day? Will they get enough reps, enough opportunity to show themselves in front of the scouts and personnel? Will he even get invited to Big 12 Pro Day? How many days is Big 12 Pro Day going to be? There's not enough info yet. I think it's a great idea, but it it just kind of limits maybe potential. I'm, I'm curious to see. I'm, I'm still holding out what it's going to all entail. I just don't know yet. Whereas at BYU Pro Day, they let everyone get an opportunity. I mean, there were some Pro Days where I'm thinking, should we really be letting this guy go through the drills? Like, you're are you wasting the NFL scouts opportunities or time here but at the same time you go let that guy close it out and let him get a chance to fulfill his dream and just give one final shot even if he doesn't get any sort of undrafted free agent deal get drafted or any pro opportunity he can have that closure that he put it all out there and I think that's the value of having a pro day on campus and pretty much letting anyone that has put in the work to make that happen they can go through those drills But best of luck to Aiden Robbins. I I think he's a heck of a player when he's fully healthy. And I think it's just a shame, too, that he didn't come to BYU as a high school freshman. Now, it all worked out. BYU had Tyler Algier. They had Tyson Williams. They had Chris Brooks. There's been no shortage of good running backs at BYU. But I just kind of always wish that would have been the case from the get-go because Aiden Robbins just had such a strong tie to BYU from the beginning. It felt like... This guy should be a BYU Cougar all along, and he was at BYU for one season. So now the question becomes, what's next for BYU? I put up a piece on kslsports.com. I highly recommend you go check it out. There are options for BYU. It's limited, and it's kind of an interesting running back unit at the moment, but it starts with LJ Martin. And I think that one of the positives with Aiden Robbins moving on It's clear as day to a guy like L.J. Martin, you are the guy. You are the face of the backfield for BYU football moving forward. I think L.J. Martin's got star potential. He ran for over 500 yards his first season at BYU, dealt with some injuries midway through the season. L.J. Martin can be an all-timer at BYU. I believe that wholeheartedly. I was singing his praises coming in to his first season with the Cougars. Martin's big time. And the nice thing about LJ compared to Robbins is that he's got three years. Robbins only had one left, and that was due to the COVID year. Robbins took care of all of his stuff that he needed to from a 
graduation standpoint, great student. So it's not like he's leaving a, a degree on the table. He's done everything he needs to. And honestly, I get it from that standpoint. Go move on, go make some money, and, and move on to the next phase of life. For LJ, his career's just starting. And to not have to worry about maybe going through a battle, and, and maybe there will be. I'm sure BYU's going to bring in a transfer portal guy, but LJ Martin's going to have the inside track, and as he should. He's a returning guy. You know, coming out of the season, I felt LJ Martin was priority number one in avoiding the transfer portal. Do whatever it takes to get that guy away from the portal. And I know that's kind of a strange comment to say because this era of college football is so strange and so unusual, and no one's knocking these guys making money, but it's weird to think that you got to pony up cash to, to make things happen. But LJ, I think, is someone that truly loves being at BYU. He's a pretty grounded kid. And I shouldn't say kid, he's a young adult. High academic standards, but at the same time, like he's not connected to BYU in any way. He just was impressed with the school. He was impressed with what they had to offer as far as the pitch after he decommitted from Stanford, and he moved on, and he signed with BYU. So that's why I think it was so critical to to maintain him, and, and there's still obviously a long offseason to go, and a lot of things can happen, but... You can say to him, he's your number one guy. And I think he can be okay. I think he can be a star running back in this league. Multiple coaches in the Big 12 Conference during this season when getting ready for BYU talked about L.J. Martin and the talent he is. He's a Big 12 running back. There's no doubt about it. So L.J. is your number one guy. He had four touchdowns through five games Last season, that was the most by a freshman since Luke Staley in 1999. Anytime you're in the company of Luke Staley at the BYU running back position, you're in good company. He finished with 518 rushing yards on 109 carries in year number one. I got to think BYU is going to go to the transfer portal and get at least one guy. I think you have to. You know, who could those guys be? Personally, I would say look around the Big 12 Conference. And I say that, too, because the Big 12 Conference is the best league for running backs this past year. Every week in the Big 12 Conference, there was great running backs. And that is something that not enough people are acknowledging on the outside when you you know forecast what the future of the league is going into the new Big 12 era. So many good running backs. You know, there was a running back that I looked at in the transfer portal that I think would be a great fit for BYU. Iowa State's Cartavius Norton. He had a touchdown run against BYU in November. I think he'd be a good one. He's still got three years of eligibility remaining, or excuse me, two years of eligibility. There's also grad transfer Justin Johnson from West Virginia. And some of these guys are a byproduct of their transferring because other guys kind of emerged, you know, at Iowa State, Abu Sama, who torched BYU, he's now the dude. And Norton's a good running back, but he wants more playing time. And, you know, maybe BYU wouldn't work out in that sense because there's another young guy in LJ, but you can have some competition there. I mean, I think that it always kind of works itself out. I think you got to have a couple running backs in this day and age in college football. The wild card for BYU is Hinkley Fulau Ropati. I think you got to get him back. And he suffered a season-ending injury during fall camp, and it was noteworthy that he wasn't honored at senior day. I mean, that's kind of been the thing now is we're going to honor everyone. Now, I haven't seen Ropati really at all around 
the team for for months, and that's you know pretty common with injured players. They're not always going to be, you know, hanging around because one, it's tough to get around when you're injured. If you're on crutches or you're on a scooter, or you got a boot on. It's tough to to you know navigate and bounce around everywhere. But really, haven't seen him around the team much. Uh, didn't see him on on senior day, to, at least to my recollection, and he wasn't honored on senior day. He still got one year of eligibility remaining. Falau has been part of the program since 2020, and he's dealt with a variety of injuries. Anytime there's there's looked to be an opening for Hinkley to emerge and be the guy, it's just always had a setback. Remember back in 2020, Hinkley was going to be, you know, making the inside track to be probably RB two. And then he suffered a season-ending injury in fall camp. But remember, that was that was the offseason where, okay, Don, Devontae Henry Cole from Utah is going to be the guy. He then leaves. And then Tyler Algier emerges and Hinkley Rapati. And then Rapati goes down. And, I mean, Al, Algier took it over, and he became an absolute star, an all-time great. But Rapati's had these moments. And in 2022... Do you win the games at Boise and at Stanford without Hinkley Rapati? I don't think you do. So I think you got to bring him back into the fold, and I think he'd be a good RB2 for BYU. There's some intriguing developmental underclassmen, one in particular that I really like, Nukaluve Hilu. He's a redshirt freshman. I remember talking to Harvey Unga about him going into the 2022 season, and there was consideration to lift the gray shirt on him and have him compete for playing time that year, but they held off, still working his legs back from a mission. He was good. I He was one of my favorite prospects to watch in the 2020 cycle for BYU out of Tooele High School. You know, he had late Power 5 interest down to the wire, and he had to kind of reaffirm his commitment to BYU down the stretch run. You know, hasn't had much of a dent at all. There hasn't been much buzz about him, but I feel like he's one of those guys given more second team, an occasional first team rep in spring ball. I think he'll make the most of his opportunities. You know, I think it's just been a case where going into this past year, it was a pretty deep running back room, at least on paper. And then, of course, it shrunk, as it always does, it seems to be. So you got to have the depth here at this position, but he looks intriguing. And it, he's going into his third year around the program, around the facility. There's been some time there. There's, he's well recovered from the mission legs. Like, it's time. you got to start performing. So he lose one to watch. Enoch Nawahine's, you know, Utah State transfer. I don't, I don't know if he's necessarily a, a top two, top three guy even, but he, he's in the mix, and he's earned playing time. And, and there's something to be said about you've had the luxury of earning a snap, earning any sort of playing time to get a tote in a game. They've got a pair of return missionaries that could be part of the program. Uh, I know Javisa Domuni from Ridgeline High School. When he signed with BYU, he was projected to be a running back for the Cougars, and I would imagine that's going to be the case now going forward into 2024. He gray-shirted this past fall, and Jovesa is the younger brother to Lavani Domuni at Utah. He's a former Stanford linebacker. Six foot, 180 pounds, played a handful of positions during his prep career, a real versatile athlete, served a miss- mission, but he's had a little bit of time to get back from the mission legs. He's quick, and you put on a little bit more weight to his frame, 
he could be pretty good. I, I don't know if I have a higher ceiling view of him than than Hilo, but uh, Damuni's got speed. He, he's got some real top-end speed that's impressive. So I, I like that about him. He was a great playmaker, a wide receiver in high school. Dallin Havea from Provo High. Now, with him, he could be more of a, a, a defensive guy. I'm kind of curious to see what even happens with him. i got to get more clarity on Dallin. His older brother, Drayson, is kind of in limbo. He had that tweet last fall where he said he still wants to be part of the program, but he, he's not anywhere in kind of the conversation from what I understand, at least to what to my knowledge as of late. And then Dallin, he served his mission, returned home. Gray shirt last year, so we'll see what happens there with Dallin Havea. He was a pretty good running back at Provo High School. But but they need a guy, and they got to get that. And maybe it's kind of a Deion Smith type of transfer portal edition where you're a change of pace guy. And, you know, Deion Smith, I bring him up because, you know, that's tricky for a grad transfer because they want to get the opportunity to play a lot. And for a guy like Deion, he didn't. And... Really, it went completely sideways from what he was expecting his BYU experience to be. So that's tricky. And how much will the ground game actually improve for BYU next season? That transitions us to my next conversation. TJ Woods, new offensive line coach, according to reports from ESPN's Pete Thamel. BYU hasn't confirmed it officially. He's going to be the next running back, or excuse me, offensive line coach for BYU beginning in 2024. He's currently at Georgia Southern. His Georgia Southern offensive line doesn't grade well in run blocking, according to Pro Football Focus. And I just point to this. I mean, I know there's flaws with this. Pro Football Focus isn't isn't an exact science, but they put a number on offensive line grading, and I think that's why people refer to it. Georgia Southern in run blocking, 57.6, three spots lower than BYU. They were 22nd in pass blocking. Kind of similar to BYU. TJ Woods got a history with Kalani Satake. He worked with Satake at Oregon State. He's off the Gary Anderson coaching tree. Worked with GA at Oregon State, Wisconsin, Utah State. He's been around the block. He's also been a co-offensive coordinator as well, too. He was the offensive line and run game coordinator for George Southern. They're going to be in a bowl game this Saturday against Ohio. Are Cougar fans more interested in the Myrtle Beach Bowl now because their next O-line coach is coaching in that one? I I still don't think that's going to draw many viewers from Cougar fans, but hey, maybe. I'm not going to sit here and say I know all the ins and outs of offensive line play. There's always more to learn. There's always more nuances and and things to analyze and the goals that Kalani Sataki and Aaron Roderick want from their offensive line coach. Does TJ Woods provide that? Maybe. Perhaps. I'm very curious to see how he works out. I believe with assistant coaches, you also want them to be great recruiters. I thought Daryl Funk was an okay recruiter. I thought he was okay on that front. He was always willing to extend offers and, and recruit guys. I want to see some great recruiting from TJ Woods. If he can deliver on that, that's, to me, a big piece to all of it. But you got to have improved play along the offensive line because the offensive line, personnel-wise, next year, we'll see what happens with Braden Kime. 
He kind of had a an ominous post on Instagram. Kind of seemed like a guy that was saying farewell. You know, it's one of those cliche, kind of cheesy captions that leads Cougar fans to wonder, what does this mean? What does it all mean? I think Braden Kime should come back, personally. Caleb Etienne said he's going to come back, and I'm excited for Etienne to come back. I know he had his whiffs. I know he had his moments. But what a cool story that would be if he turns it around and improves. I thought he got better in that Oklahoma State game. I'm, I'm excited to see Caleb Etienne run it back one more year. Jake Eichhorn from Weber State. He's back next season. Curious to see with Kingsley Suamatia. All indications would point that he's going to move on. But nothing official announced from Kingsley yet. Caden Chidester comes back after a redshirt season. Chidester dealt with a little bit of an arm injury, shoulder sort of deal last season. Weston Jones, Midwest kid. I think he could be a pretty good one. He could be a guy that plays a guard, plays a tackle. Initially viewed as a guard. They got a commitment from Ignacio Tupo. I think he's going to be a pretty good one for BYU. A big-time get for the Cougars. Jake Griffin, developmental guy, but I like his potential down the road. Is he ready for next year? Uh, I don't know yet. Don't know. Peter Falanico, Trevin Osler. I mean, these are young names, man. These are young cats. You also got some guys like a Riker Keel, who came back from a mission last year. He gray-shirted this past fall. He'll be back. Waylon Lampawahu comes back. I think he's the best returner that's known at the moment. Tyler Little was banged up at the end of last season. He's back along the offensive line. He had that brief stint in 2022 along the defensive front. He was on a scooter at the end of last past season at the at senior day. Connor Pay, we'll see what happens there with him. He seemed to kind of indicate that he was going to come back, it seemed like, when he had his interview with J.J. and Alex, but we shall see. That's why you've seen BYU extend a lot of offers to transfer portal guys, a lot of high school JUCO linemen. BYU's got to get pretty aggressive along the offensive front and adding some more personnel for T.J. Woods' offensive line unit because they're pretty thin. It's not as deep as it has been in years past for BYU. There's also other guys, too, that I miss. Sam Daw, Sonny Moccasini. There's a few others, but that's kind of the group. That, that's your Joseph Paulo's an intriguing guy, you know, at that offensive tackle spot. He's six, he's huge, six nine. He's massive, but is he ready to play? I didn't see him play a snap, and didn't really see him much in fall camp either. To suggest that I've got much, so it's raw, and it's got to be developing, and you got to get some instant influx of talent in that offensive line for BYU in 2024. Still have one opening on the offensive staff. I mean, I guess they could go defense too, but I would expect they'd go offensive side, tight end, quarterback coach, somewhere along that front. I wouldn't be opposed to BYU just saying, get Matt Mitchell. Promote him from the analyst role. Make him the designated quarterback coach. Then he can go out and recruit. He already does it on an interim basis when there's a job opening on the staff. He's done that already. Back-to-back off-seasons. Last year, after Tuiaki and the defensive staff were let go, Matt Mitchell stepped in and was part of L.J. Martin's recruitment with Harvey Unga. I think Matt Mitchell should be elevated to a full-time assistant. Would not be opposed to that at all. And You could have T.J. Woods, maybe as a run-game coordinator, tight end, O-line combined. You need both of those positions in lockstep. Why not have him coaching both? And he's got a background as a coordinator, too. I'd be okay with that, personally. That's just me. 
So we'll see what happens going forward for BYU football moving forward. So many moving pieces for the Cougars. And the transfer portal continues to churn. So far, I think it's been a win for BYU when it comes to the transfer portal. I don't think there's been any sort of groundbreaking entrant into the portal as of now. I really don't. I don't think there's been anyone that makes you say, how on earth did they lose that guy? I don't think that's happened yet at all. Dylan Rollins was the most recent. McGuire Anderson, a preferred walk-on wide receiver out of Florida. His dad was a former BYU player. Miles Davis, that was kind of a bummer, losing Miles, especially now with Aiden Robbins gone, but I get it. You know, time to move on. He's been part of the program for four years. You can't hang on forever, and maybe they kick the tires again and see if Miles wants to come back. I know Kalani likes him, but I'm okay with Miles trying to find his next move. I think it's okay. Soljay Maiava-Peters, he's into the portal after a year where he was out due to grades. Austin Riggs, long snapper. Michael Daly and John Henry Daly and Dom Henry. I think the Daly brothers, that w- those were tough losses because John Henry in particular, huge upside. I think Michael Daly had huge upside, but Michael was always hurt. He had so many injuries during his brief time with BYU. You saw it in 2022 in fall camp. I think it was the second practice of camp. He's coming up with like a, an interception. He was an instant impact guy playing the linebacker spot. Then he moves to edge rusher with Kelly Papinga coaching him, and it seemed like, okay, this is where he's going to take off. And then in spring ball, he's consistently off to the sideline working with a trainer due to injuries. He just was never healthy. And so Zay became... The starter, and rightfully so, they got him from the transfer portal with Boise State, and he's going to come back in 2024. But injuries limited his availability, and playing time was limited then for him, and he moves on. John Henry, he told me, and you heard it on this podcast, it's up on the feed back in October, he said he was surprised that his brother left, and then he follows suit and, and then enters the portal as well. But all in all, I don't think you're losing sleep. Over those losses. I mean, you hate to lose anyone. You like to have roster retention and continuity, whatnot, sure. But if that's your losses through the first, you know, the biggest wave of portal entries, that's not bad. And look, there's a a lighter number of possible portal entries because BYU's roster is kind of thin right now as far as actual numbers to enter the portal. In years past, you'd go into the month of November. I'd put together my rosters for the upcoming year, and I'd have like 98 guys that could be scholarship players. I'd go, oh, my gosh. They got like a plus 13 in scholarships. How does that happen? What do they do? So then you see kind of this this rush and this high number of portal entries. This year, after the season concluded, kind of my rough estimate had about 73 scholarship guys. So they were under, you know, 75, somewhere in there, about 10 under the 85 scholarship limit. And then when you get some of those upperclassmen, like a Caleb Etienne, you get guys like a, an LJ Martin who are going to be clear impact guys, Jackson Bowers, you're going to stay. Like, why would I want to leave? I got playing time clearly in front of me. So uh, I think that that plays a role here too. I think post-spring we'll probably see a little bit more of an uptick 
in transfer portal entries by BYU because then the picture will get very clear where these guys sit. But that's also a dicey proposition, too, because there's not as many scholarships available for teams to turn to in the post-spring window. So it's a tough juggling act. The good thing for these athletes, though, is they've got now four-year guaranteed scholarships with a place like BYU now that they're a Power 5 school. Before, when they were just independent, it was a year-by-year scholarship, and coaches wouldn't flat-out just cut a guy. But it would be kind of like, you know, this is where you stand. Might be in your best interest. Like, that happens, and BYU's not immune to that, and that's okay. It happens everywhere. It's kind of the the dark side of college football, but it is what it is. That's just kind of some insight into why you haven't seen this this massive rush. I, I think the thought of, you know, someone was asking me, are you stunned that BYU hasn't had so many guys in the portal? I'm like, I'm not stunned. Like, just the numbers would suggest, why would you do that? When you were a, a redshirt freshman, like a Jackson Bowers, why would you leave? Like, even if Isaac Rex, like, let's say Isaac Rex came back. Let's entertain that thought. Let's say he came back. But still, you are going to have to play. Period. Like, you need to have depth established. You need to have the young guys start to perform as BYU tries to establish its identity and its footing in the Big 12. Why would you leave? Like, you're going to be a key piece to what BYU does. And the same for even a guy like Bentley Redden at tight end. Bentley Redden just redshirted this past year, but there's opportunities. You could be the third guy. You could be the second guy. If it's Jackson Bowers number one, there's there's a lot of open-ended potential here for these players that can go into spring ball and really cement themselves as a one or a two. That hasn't been the case for the past few years where it's been pretty much, it's kind of set. Now, you look at it and go, there's a lot of open position battles to compete for. Why leave that? Because then you're saying you're, you're running away the job is in front of you. The playing time is in front of you. Then you're just leaving for maybe a bag. I don't know if that's going to be out there. So, yeah, like these guys are saying they want to go play. They want to actually live up to it. I commend that. So, no, it hasn't been shocking to me that BYU has not had many transfer portal players enter during this 2024 cycle. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Cougar Tracks podcast. I hope all of you enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and a review. I'll catch you next time here on the Cougar Tracks podcast, and it's powered by KSL Sports.